What's up, you guys? Uh, this podcast was recorded prior to knowing that Trey Young was going to be out this game. So, at towards the end of the podcast, you're going to hear both me and Eric uh, kind of declare that we're going to beat the Mavericks. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're a Hawks fan, you know that we did. So... <laughs> Uh, being 0-3, I think a lot of the things we think about the team still hold up. So, um, well, being 0-3 this week, um, I think a lot of the t- things we think about the team still hold up. So, enjoy this podcast. And um, continue to follow us and support us and subscribe. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Go Talk Podcast. Follow me and Eric on Twitter. And be a go. Bye! <laughs> Yo, brother. Man, what it do, man? Man, what's up? This is this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. It, this is very crazy. Now we're, you know, we told you guys we'd be back midweek. We're back midweek, kinda. But um, <laughs> um in the middle of a second night of a back-to-back. We are the yeah, midst yeah. of probably our, I would say, would you say this is our toughest stretch of the year? Say that again? I said, would you say this is our toughest I mean, stretch of the year? Can our toughest stretch of the year? Uh, so far, definitely, man. It's definitely our toughest uh, stretch of the year. Uh, facing um, a lot of competitive teams, man. We uh, Last time we spoke, we, we were embarking upon this 10-game stretch. And uh, it's here, man. What uh, we had, we had the Lakers, we had the Mavs, and now we're gonna move into the Jazz, and we got the Raptors up next. And both of those Raptors. teams, you see, can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, both of those teams, uh, upcoming, have been playing well as of late. Uh, we talked about Toronto. Fred Van Fleet dropped fifty four the other night, man. Highest. That- with well, the highest point total for an undrafted player in NBA history. And then he broke the Raptors franchise record as well. Man. Yeah, man. It's Fred Van Vliet. He's the I man. was watching him. Yo, I was watching him, y'all. He was wet. I'm talking. It was it was just going in. Like, he was pulling up, and it was just going. He made like 11-3. It was crazy. So, um, I don't think he's going to replicate that. <laughs> <laughs> But yo, tell me what you know. I know you you're watching the games every day. Tell me what you've seen from these past two games that has kind of you know opened your eyes a little bit as to why we are 0-2 in this little four-week stretch. Um yeah, what I've seen is a mixture of uh, mostly good, a little bit of bad. Um, and what I really see the overwhelming uh, theme behind uh, these two games that we're still a team that is growing, right? We see we have a lot of growth left. Uh, we have not arrived at our final product of who we're going to be, uh, you know, as the Atlanta Hawks and as a competitive team. But we're we're not that far away. <clears throat> like, not not saying that you know, two years ago we was like, man, maybe one day we'll be good. Yeah, I feel like we're we're a lot closer uh, than we've ever been. The talent that we have has allowed us to be close in both these games. So you think about the Lakers game, 
uh, L.A. was never really able to run away from us. You know, uh, they they would build a lead at a time. We would get right back there. Uh, we even took the lead at a certain point in the game. So <clears throat> when you think about playing against the world champs, you know, I mean, everybody was healthy. Everybody played. You know, LeBron was there. Anthony Davis was there. Um, Rondo was here, right? Uh, but, you know, we were able to push it to – I would say we had a chance to win that game up until, like, the last 45 seconds. Like, we, we had some – you know, they were playing the foul game and, you know, the score got out of a, you know, I think they got up by more than two possessions and it was like, ah, they kind of ran away with it at that point. But for, what's that, 47 minutes, <clears throat> excuse me, for 47 minutes and 15 seconds, we were, we were in it with the champs. And then you look at the game against Dallas last night, boy, uh, we definitely had opportunities to uh, come away with the win. Um, the score it was a lot closer than the score would indicate, and we only, and we only lost by six. It was definitely a, another winnable game. So I've learned that the Hawks got the talent, and that's even with DeAndre Hunter being hurt. You think about what would have happened if DeAndre Hunter played. You think about what would have happened if we had Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, you think about what would happen if we have Chris Dunn. You know, if we had those three guys healthy, you know, come on. I just I feel like these are games that we could easily win. So, it you know, obviously we're still lacking. There are some boneheaded plays, too many turnovers. Coaching didn't really do what it was supposed to do in the, in the, uh, uh, the Dallas game. But overall, you know what? You said something earlier today. We were texting about this, and you were like, well, yeah. and I was pretty upset. Still am pretty upset that we lost the game last night the way that we did. But you said something kind of calmed my nerves because you was like, yo, we're playing good teams close. And if we're playing them close, then, you know, you could be you could be content with that effort. And you know what? You're right. You know, we, you know, last year, L.A. would have beat us by 30. And last year, a fully healthy Dallas team probably would have beat us by 20. So, you know, the fact that we were right in it with both of those teams mean we were getting a lot better. Yeah, I'm like I said, like, I – I don't want, of course, I don't want us to go 0 4, okay? <laughs> but, you know, I was like, we went 1 3 this week, and we were just competitive the whole way. Like, every game we were competitive. I would be satisfied with that uh, because it's like, you can't, you can't win them all, and we're still growing as a team. And it's just like, we're still learning, okay, to close out because we, we've had problems with this earlier this season with, closing out games, having a 15-point lead, um, and, you know, losing that lead and not, not being able to close out games. Now we're kind of on that, okay, we're in close games with some teams who might be a little bit, you know, Dallas, I would say, their record-wise is um, – record-wise, they're not as good as us right now, but talent and competitive nature, I would say they're com- very comparable to it. So, you know – the fact that we're being competitive with these teams speaks volumes to where we are, you know, growth-wise, I would say. Because a lot of teams, you you, you know, you, you've seen teams just lay down. <laughs> like when a team comes in and put a put a good molly whopping on them, and we haven't had that, which is a test to our defense, I would say. I don't think we've just had a team come in and, like, really – Molly us, and we just haven't tried to get back in the game at all or anything like that. Um, 
but I I just like what I see. Like I like what I you know I like the, how everyone is playing. Um, wish Cam Reddish was playing better. Just saying. <laughs> I wish he yeah, was playing better. Do. We definitely all do. I wish it really just step up into the role of you know being the guy who everyone on the planet sees that he is and can be. Um, but hey, that's neither here nor there. But at the same time, I think that we are we are growing and we have more growth to do. That's what this is to this this little tough stretch right here. We're gonna look back and just be like, okay, you know, we we learned a lot about our team during the stretch. Man, and that goes from top to bottom. Um, meaning, you know, if he's given the opportunity, um, you know, in years to come, Lloyd Pierce has to grow as well. Like, you know, we, you know, the same way, you know, you wish that uh, Cam Reddish is playing better uh, because we see the potential. You know, we saw how he closed the season out last year. You know, we see flashes of it. We just want him to step it up with his consistency because then our team is a whole different type of team on that same vein. But, you know, when he's playing bad, you got to point it out. Hey, this dude ain't playing well. Um, I think the same thing goes to Lloyd Pierce, man. I've definitely seen times of brilliance with Lloyd Pierce. I mean, you know, Trey Young gets in the league and he's double teamed from the moment he steps on the floor. You know, last year, you know, Lloyd Pierce found a way you know, and he found ways to get Trey open. He did, you know, he found some coaching te- techniques and some, you know, some schemes that can get get him to a, a 30 and 10 kind of player. You know, you see the development, you know, uh, with John Collins, the development of DeAndre Hunter. You know, you can't, you can't, you know, overlook, you know, what that, that that's a sign of good coaching. And you can't overlook, you know, how much we've grown as a team. Um, and a lot of that's due to his, him being a good coach. But then other times, is like Lloyd Pierce. What the f- are you doing, dude? Like, hello. Like, we are we are getting out coached right now, and I just need you to make some type of adjustment. And like last night was that time. Like, you know, I am I'm the last person to blame a loss on Coach Pierce um, for his tenure here because he just hasn't had the talent to win games, um, and I'm the last person to. Uh, screen fire LP, right? Like, I don't think firing the coach fixes our problem because that's not our problem. You know, if we lose games, it's because of other things. But I will say last night was the first time where I truly felt like Lloyd let us down, and that was the main reason why we lost the game. Um, Dallas came into the game like a team that was desperate for a win, and they were coached that way, like – the way they double teamed Trey Young off the ball for the entire first half was it felt like a playoff atmosphere, right? Like you know, if you're if this was a playoffs and you needed to win Game Seven, you're not gonna let Trey Young beat you, right? You're gonna double team him every time he gets the ball so he can throw it to Kevin Herter, right? So that's what that it felt like the Mavs wanted to do because if they were gonna lose their seventh game in a row, then it wasn't gonna be because Trey Young dropped forty on them. So they Which had very well could have happened. Yeah. Yeah, very well. So, you know, it, it's I say that's smart coaching by Rick Carlisle. Um on the other side of the court, Lloyd Pierce kind of approached the game. I don't know if he there was any specific game plan he had. It just seemed like it was, hey, put Cam Reddish on Luca and uh we're just gonna try to run our offense and do what we do. 
Um, okay, I can't be mad at that strategy from the beginning of the game, but once you see, you know, how what Rick Carlisle's doing, it kind of makes sense from my perspective that he would make an adjustment, you know, maybe respond with getting Luca off the ball, you know, double teaming him just to put some more pressure on those guys. Maybe not for the whole game like Dallas was doing, but the case in point is we were down what maybe 15 points going in with like three minutes left in the game. And at that point, Lloyd Pierce decides to start playing hectic defense, right? So the whole team is scrambling, you know, uh, Vince called it scramble mode, but um, yeah, the whole team was like, whenever Luca got the ball, they, they got it out of his hands quickly. They get it over to somebody else who's either going to shoot a brick or turn the ball over. So we get the ball, we come down, we score real quick. We do it again. Get go down the other side of the court, force them to turn it over because we're not letting Luca beat us. And then we get down to the other end of the court. It got to the point where Trey hit the biggest shot of the night, which was a three that bought us within three points with like like uh, I don't know what it was, maybe a minute or forty five seconds left in the game. Like it was a very big shot. So yeah, I saw that. The thing is, if 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 Lloyd Pierce has it within him to figure out how to get us to come back from a fifteen point deficit in a matter of two minutes. Where was this the first in the rest of the game? Like, where was it? Like, where was the urgency? Why didn't we play with that kind of urgency? Not we don't have to do it for the entire game, but if you mix in that kind of press on Luca, that's gonna, you know, it's gonna change the complexity of the game. And Lloyd just did not do it. And what made it worse was after the game, the media asked him, you know, uh, whatever the question was. Um, and Lloyd says, Well, Trey needs to be more efficient as an off-ball scorer. Something to that effect. I'm not reading the quote, but it was something to the effect of if Trey Young actually plays better when teams are doubling him, then this wouldn't be such an issue. That was the the tone of his response. How the hell do you blame your best player for that L when you clearly got outcoached? That was was whack. (laughs) I don't don't think so what you're saying is basically Lloyd Pierce should be more of a – he should have more tactics. You know, he needs more, to gain more tools in his bag as coaching Arsenal to be able to, you know. Because I would call him – he's not, you know, he's an average coach, maybe a you know slightly below average because we haven't really seen him in the playoffs. Right. Um, But it's like – I I get where you're saying. Like he has to be better in those moments of preparing our guys and getting that mentality right within our, you know, within our guys to make sure that hey, okay, you want Luca to come in here and bust your head open? No. Well, we're gonna double him for various periods of time, get him off his rhythm, whatever. Because you know, I feel like Luca's like a rhythm player. Yeah, um, he likes to control the whole he, tempo of the game. He's great at it. Right. So you you definitely got to do that, and if they're doing it on our end with our four general guy who can you know do basically the same thing as Luca, um, if they're doing it on one end, why can't we do it on the other? So yeah, I, I'm there with you, man. We we definitely have to be much better. Lloyd Pierce has to be better, and I think he will just throughout the season. Um, I hope this isn't you know planting seeds of something's more to come. I just hope he, he's learned from this loss himself. And, yeah, that's not a way to be – you know, you shouldn't blame Trey for that. Like, guys getting double the whole game, come on, man. Right. Like, like, like come on, like, it's, 
it's reason why I can really only name two players, maybe two and a half. I, well, I'm not going to call my half a player. I'll <laughs> name three players in NBA history that's really known for running around just crazy on the court and then catching the ball and shooting. One is Steph Curry, of course. That's just his thing. Uh, the other would be Rip Hamilton. When he played the Rip Hamilton, the Detroit Pistons, he did a lot of that same stuff. Except that he was shooting mid-range shots instead of shooting threes, but he was always moving. Um, and then I'll say like J.J. Redick, right? Like J.J. Redick is not like a stand-in-the-corner kind of guy. He'll, he must have great cardio because he'll just run back and forth he over the court. And then he just runs all game long, and then, bam, he just hits a shot from wherever. So, you know, it's not as easy as it sounds. I say that to say it's not as easy as it sounds to just say, hey, Trey should get off the ball more and, you know, move around more. Like, this is that's a skill that the some of the, you know, best players in NBA history have mastered. Like, it's not something that everybody can do and is willing to do. So, I can't – I hope Trey adds that to his game because if he does – I just think he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer if he can do that too, because he can already do everything else. If if he can add that, then you're talking about a guaranteed Hall of Fame career. Um, but I don't expect him to have that in his bag, you know, at the beginning of his third year of his career. That's just that's especially since he's guy. he's had the ball in his hands like for his whole career, his entire life, like <laughs> his entire life. He's been the shortest player on the court, probably, or the smallest guy on the court, one of the smallest guys. So, and he's been a point guard. So he's had right. that responsibility. And I'm sure um, while I I watched part of Trey's, um, I watched part of his um, post-game interview, and he was saying he hadn't seen that defense in a, in a while. And I'm like, I was kind of confused by that. I'm like, yeah, bro. like didn't you see it a couple weeks ago, bro? I'm like, no, dude, you get, you get, like, maybe not to that. I did see Dallas was like really, really up on him or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, still, do you see that all the time, man? Like, oh, like, since his rookie year, man, this has been a regular occurrence. And then maybe you know, maybe Dallas was like, okay, DeAndre Hunter is not, you know, he's probably he's kind of like that release valve for us a little bit. So okay. That's a guy you really can't double off of or whatever, yeah. you know, you because I I see DeAndre Hunter is kind of like a guaranteed bucket almost. Like he's a he's gonna get he's gonna make something productive happen every time he gets the ball. So definitely. I think that um we are definitely I mean, we're definitely missing Dre, you know, and I think going forward. We just have to learn that to deal with this. I mean, injuries happen. So, you know, I'm not I'm not bummed out. Like I said, I'm not really bummed out. It's not, you know, we're we've lost plenty more games in a row than two in a row. We yeah. we, we know that. And we've lost in much worse ways. Like there's been times like halfway through the first quarter, we've been down by like twenty five. Oh, yeah, and you're just big, like, Oh my god, do I really want to watch this? That was the big problem like <laughs> last year. Like we were down by like twenty five like in the first quarter, and it's like, oh man, well, Hawks, this game's over with, right? And all you get, only thing Dominique can say is, "There's plenty of time." Yeah, <laughs> plenty of time left in this game. You just want to go get a stop, and then he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Like whenever Nick says there's plenty of time, and it's not even like it's still the first half, you know, you're in trouble. Yeah. So I, I mean, going forward, these next two games against Utah and Toronto. 
what do you think yeah. we need to do? Like, okay, Utah coming in. We they got Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, two hundred million dollar man. Um, Jordan Clarkson. They got uh, not Bogdan, but what 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 is it? Bo Boyan. That's Boyan. Oh yeah, yeah, Bojan <laughs> Bogdanovich. They got him. yeah, and you know they're they're pretty talented and they they've been playing well, you know. So I think uh, who just broke their streak the other night? Oh yeah, we were talking uh, Jokic. And Nuggets, oh, the Nuggets. Nuggets broke their streak. The other night. The Nuggets whooped their ass. And you know, I don't think you know Donovan Mitchell is a guy. He's he don't like to play around. I like him so. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell's gonna try to like bust forty on us. Like, yeah, you know he is. And I hope him and Trey kind of have a back and forth. I would like to see that. You know, those are two. It was so one sided last time we played him. Like Donovan was busting, and Trey couldn't hit a shot. Oh yeah, that was around the time Trey was in this little slump. I hope he's you know yeah. fully out of that. He looks like he's fully shook that. Now, okay, we didn't really talk about this a few weeks ago. Trey was going through his slump. It was right around the Brooklyn game. All right. After that, Trey went into his slump. But Steve Nash had these comments that said, uh, that's not basketball, blah, blah, blah. After that, we get the whole um, things with John Collins. And then Trey goes into this slump. Do you think any of that had to do with his slump? Or, you know, was it just, you know, a slump or whatever? Or, you know, how do you think he's kind of came out of that? I think um, he might have had um, some injuries. Uh, he he hit his head in one game. I think it was that, yeah, the next game, that Brooklyn game where Nash said that. Uh, Trey hit his head um, kind of hard. And, you know, hey, like, it looked like he could have got a concussion. I, yeah. I ain't saying he had a concussion, but if it was football, they would have set him down and, you know, <laughs> did a little protocol thing, and you know he had he he had his wrist uh, taped for a while. He fell hard on his wrist at one point. So not to blame injuries, but I don't I don't think he was playing at a hundred percent. And I think if anything, I think the locker room uh, discussion had more to do with than Steve Nash. I, I doubt. I truly doubt Trey was worried about what Steve Nash said um, because he's he's known Steve for so long that I mean, I just I just don't think that bothered him. Um, Cause he Steve Nash has done the move, so it's yeah. not like Trey Young should like, you know, like we if, like that's just a coach trying to say some shit to uh you know complain to the refs. Like coaches do that. Like I, I, you're not gonna take that personal, or you shouldn't. Um, but the locker room thing, I do think probably you know John Collins is his homeboy, and you know and you know we we talked about it before, man. There's a lot of you know motivations going on, but I think he got a little healthier, and you know he's a he's a scorer. And sometimes they just need to see the ball go in two times in a row, and then boom, they're out of their cold streak. And I think that's what happened. I think he had like one good game, and after that, it was like lights back on. I got it. You know, I'm back. And that's back. you know, and so that's how it is. As you know, as someone who plays basketball, you you be. I'm telling you, you hit one or two shots, and you hit like two or three shots in a row. I got it, and it's like that. Right. You can, <laughs> you can just got the. Got the confidence kind of back into you and just, you know, relax and settle down. And yeah, it was just, I didn't think he, you know, it bothered him at all. I saw people on Twitter kind of making a big fuss about it how, oh, ever since Trey Young, ever since Steve Nice said something about Trey Young, 
You know, he's his size. Man, people love to hate. Trump. I don't know why though. <laughs> like, what has he done to all these NBA fans? I, I need to know. Like, why does why does everyone outside of Atlanta hate Trey Young? What did he do? What did he do? I don't know. I, I think it's the whole. Steph Curry impersonation, and I've always said this: I don't think he's Steph Curry. I like I. I don't think he's Steph Curry. I don't like. I think he's Trey Young. I think at his best, he can be Kobe's approximation to MJ. Oh, if it were to compare, like you were to compare MJ being Steph Curry and Kobe being Trey Young, I would say that that would be his. If you were to he were to follow that trajectory, that would be his like peak of all peaks okay so he's never gonna You're be right. a suitor of of steph curry okay he's never gonna be that but at the same right. time the guy is a very elite shooter he's a very elite passer he's a great point guard he's a heck of a scorer i think that, great athlete for his size yeah like he's pretty like and he's really he's he has some real good quickness like he's not like i don't think he's like russell westbrook into in quick but like yeah. He can catch you with the. He can catch you and just like get to the rim. You're like, dang, how do he get to the rim like that? But I remember coming out of college, like the analyst questioned whether he'd be able to create space in the NBA, and that's like no one even thinks about that now because he gets wherever he wants, whenever he wants. Much. Like it's never been a problem for him to get a shot or to get to the rim. I mean, I don't know that the hate for Trey Young must stop. I think. You know what? But you're right because whenever a young player gets compared to a legend, there's nothing we like more than like blasting that shit and being like, "You're stupid! How could you ever compare this guy?" Like, like, like when Ben Simmons, you know, or is compared to LeBron, you know, come like, "Oh, Ben Simmons is next LeBron." We like, boy, if you don't get out of here, boy, you gotta <laughs> shoot a jumper, you know. <laughs> and he's like a really good player, and but the fact that you're compared to LeBron means we gotta like tear you apart. Because, dude, you're not LeBron James. You know what I mean? Like, that's so I, from that standpoint, you're right. You know, you're going to compare him to Steph? Steph is like the most beloved NBA player ever. Like, you say somebody's the next Steph Curry, they're be like, man, what you talking about, man? He can't hit the behind the back step back three, not even looking at the rim, just walk away and let it go in, number net. He can't do that. Like, yeah, of course, no one can, but Steph, that's, <laughs> that's, that's Steph move. Hey. So, yeah. Oh, no. I, I agree, you know, Trey, but Trey, we got Trey back on track, man. Now, if we can get, if we can get Cam Reddish on Dude. track, <laughs> if we can get him to hit two shots, in the row, um, <laughs> then get a little swag. What is it? Was it you that I saw this on Twitter? You were like, Kevin Herter, Kevin Herter is uh, he can score, but he um, I, it was me. I said, Kevin Herter can make it. But don't want to take it. Cam want to take it, but can't make it. Lord have mercy. Yeah, like, Cam has premium confidence. Okay, premium. He gonna pull it. He gonna pull, pull it. it. I'm talking about like you be like, damn, Cam, you're kind of cold. You might not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get laid up. Nah, first, like jumper, man. We <laughs> like mid range pull up. It's wet. Nope, Brit. Okay, <laughs> you know, and it's like. But he got that confidence and he got that killer instinct. Like, he don't care. Like, you know, like, usually it's like, okay, stand in the quarter, catch an open shot, 
and then shoot it. Now, Cam's like, oh, I'm just pulling up from the elbow. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's three seconds into the shot clock, but I got it. Like, he's he's got the confidence of Trey Young, right? But then you got Kevin Herter, who can hit a shot from anywhere on the court, and he'll have an open look, and what? He'll hesitate and give the ball to Solomon Hill. <laughs> I love that little – my favorite move with Kevin Herter is that little – he runs into the lane and does that little, like, leanering jumper or whatever. I love – I yeah. love that's, like, my favorite move by him. He is, like – cause Kevin Herter is so good, and he, like, doesn't even believe in him. Yeah. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> like, he's a really good scorer. I, you can just put the ball in his hands. And he's a good passer. So, what, what – what's wrong? Like, what – where's the – if he felt like – if he just looked in the mirror and, like, you know, like was saw Cam Reddish. You know what I mean? Like if he just if he looked in the mirror one day and was like, "Oh shit, I'm Cam Reddish. I can hit any shot." You know, like if he if he if he if he take Cam's confidence and put it in Kevin's body, man, we'll have an all star. It's weird because Cam has like, and but it's not like it's not warranted that he doesn't have the confidence. He's he's been you know in high school he was a guy. You know, college he wasn't as good, but he had two other you know. College starts yeah, on his team. You know, you play for Duke. Like you, you shoot. You, you play for you know one of the Blue Bloods. You go. You should be confident. You should be cocky. You know, and that's that's a thing. So he, I understand why he has the confidence. And honestly, ninety nine percent. You know, well, not nine. Ninety percent of his game looks good. Like everything looks good until the ball bricks. Like you know, everything. When, you know. Everything, it, the, the motion, the pull up, the crossover, all that looks great. If it was like it's between the bricks and the turnovers. Like Yeah, the turn I was just gonna say that next. The turnovers. The turnovers are like the the worst thing too, because it's always like <laughs> I love <laughs> I love listening to like Brad Rowland. He'll be like, Well, can't Cam had another maddening <laughs> turnover, just boneheaded play. And he'll be like, Well, yeah, that's Cam for it, man. Yeah. That's Cam, you know he's he's gonna run back hard on defense. Oh yeah, but, oh uh, yeah, and that's one thing I, I I like from him that he okay defense is number one. I understand my off. I feel like he understands that his offense is not as where his defense is right now. But he also understands that hey, if I don't bring it on defense, I probably ain't gonna get no playing time. <laughs> he's gonna be out there talking to Sean. Man. <laughs> yeah. Gonna, hey, you 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 gonna be on you gonna be riding that pine, buddy. So because definitely yeah, don't get lazy on defense. Bro. Oh yeah, you better keep that up. And I think he I think he definitely knows that. I think one day he will be like an all team defender, like later in his career as he just as he gets more notoriety and really the way he yeah gets a little stronger, gets more notoriety, and you know that hopefully that coincides with the Hawks. You know you know because we make it to the playoffs, and now you're on now you got games on TNT. And the whole world can see you do good stuff, and then you get, like, a good reputation. So, hopefully those things go hand in hand. I mean, I don't know. What do you – I mean, okay, Cam is, like, that guy who – like, you. we've all seen this guy who's just super, super talented at the court, or he looks like he, – he looks like that guy. Like, he right. looks like got that guy, look. but he just ain't got it. Like, I picked up dudes just – he walk into the gym, oh, snap, I want him. Like, nah. <laughs> he looked like he can hoop. Just like he got the shoes, he got the do rag, he got all of it. So like, whole swag says, hoop. yeah, like his whole swag. Just hoop. I hoop all my life. Get out there, and he will break for like three straight games. So, and you can't. It's like, dang man, 
But you know, we, we know Cam is talented, and we the only reason we're saying all this is because I think we all see the talent, and it's like, yeah, man, it's just natural. Yeah, we see it. And also, it's like, uh, also, it's like a compliment to guys like Trey Young and DeAndre Hunter because we see the leap that they've made in their second years. Like the the the, the second season jump for Trey was historic, right? right? And now you see what DeAndre Hunter's doing in his second season. So it's like, dang, you look at a cam like, boy, what you doing? Yeah. What, 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 you need to work out with these boys. Like, where, you, where y'all hanging out? What y'all doing? Like, like you know, because but everyone develops at a different pace. So you know, um, I'm not worried about them. I do want to spend a little time um, giving John Collins some love. Like this dude, he killed me last night. Like John Collins showed you why he should get the money last night. Um, and, you know, we could talk about, like, obviously we spent a lot of time talking about what Trey did, you know, the shortcomings of, you know, Cam and other players on the team and Kevin Herter. But one thing about it, one thing about it, John Collins plays hard every game. No matter what his stat line looks like, you know the effort that John Collins gave you in that game. And it's felt. Like, it's this, he's an he's a impact player to me. I think um, Trey Young is our star. Um, yeah. DeAndre Hunter's our most consistent player to me right now, but I think yeah. John Collins is that most impactful player. You're gonna feel, yeah. oh, you're gonna feel more most of those points. You know, you're gonna and it's like that thirty points that he'll have or whatever, whatever his box score turns out to be is gonna be felt. Like you're gonna feel it, and um, hey, I like it. You know. He does deserve- <laughs> the great thing is, he does this. I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I think he does deserve the bad. Like you were saying, he's improved. I talked about it last week or last podcast, how he's improved defensively, and that's been counted partially due to Clint Capella. But at the same, I'm going to give him his props. Like, yeah, he's been out on the perimeter more. He's been doing this thing defensively, and he's been – it's like he's trying to what – I, what I said, he has um, – I said in order to get that bag, he had to be like that BAM guy. And he's kind of proven that he can be. He can play defense. He can um he can shoot the three. He can score. He can dunk. He can, you know, I he has to work on his passing a little bit more, but I think he's getting there too with that. And that's that's gonna grow with time. So he's like, it's still it's so much growth and he that he's growing. And remember his second year leap. He had a nice second year leap. From yeah, so he's becoming more of a professional, a veteran, and just showing why he deserves the money that he wants. You know, I don't know if the Hawks gonna give it to him, but still, <laughs> I. When you think about it, too, man, like you mentioned, how well he fits with Clint Capella. Uh-huh. I'm hard pressed to think of another power forward that we could pair with Clint Capella, and they work this well together, right? Like. You know, the biggest thing we were concerned about when we signed Clint was what's the spacing going to work like? Because if you have John and Clint both in the paint, then, you know, that clogs up things for Trey Young. But because John Collins has been so effective on the perimeter and in the paint, you know, he's been able to keep the spacing correct. But also he's giving coach the flexibility to sit uh, Clint Capella, move John Collins to the five and then bring in somebody like, you know, Gallinari or Solomon Hill, and then we can run like a small ball lineup. So I think 
you know, when you think, okay, are we going to pay John Collins? Okay, if we don't pay John Collins, who in the hell are we going to get to replace Man, him? Man, I don't know. And that's that would be the tough part. It's like I'd rather overpay for, uh, uh, you know, above average player than to go out and try to swing and miss on, a, on whatever. Because one thing I hate about free agency or teams kind of holding on to money sometimes, and the reason why – I actually liked the Gordon Hayward move by Charlotte um, was, I mean, shit, you got to spend money on a player. You got to spend, spend the money anyway. Why not spend it on a, a decent to good player knowing, knowing that you're going to get productivity out of them rather than, uh, you might, might not be worth this extra 10 mil. Go ahead and give it to them. I understand there's caps and stuff, cap and stuff like that, but you know, I feel like, you know, dip, if I was on, I probably would have taken that 90 mil. Just saying. Yeah. I probably yeah, would have taken that because I don't think he look at looked at the full landscape of everything, right? Which is probably why the whole grievances against, you know, Trey Young and everything, because he's trying to show that he can score and do a little bit of everything. He's trying to have that, he's trying to have that contract year. He's not being able to do that as much as he as much as he would like to because of all the weapons we have. But since injuries and everything like that, he's being able to showcase that and showcase that, hey, while, you know, I can hold down the fort while we're while we're having these injuries and this is who I am, really. So that's what I like as well. But what I was saying, like, I don't, I, you got to you got to spend the money. Either way. So why not? Yeah. The Hawks better. They better match whatever offer you get. I hope so, man, because I see this team going so far backwards if, you know, if we don't, you know, have John Collins on the team next year. Like, even if we go pick up a free agent um, and the free agency class isn't really what, you know, it's kind of to your point, like we can get cheap and, you know, let John go and just so that we don't have to pay him 30 million a year. But then we go give somebody 25 million. He can't do half the things that John Collins does. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like. You know, it's just not that, – that's a hell of a gamble to take. I'd rather just pay John more than I wanted to, but then we had a continuity, and we know what we're going to get, you know. Um, so, yeah, I feel like John Collins, dude, like he had some crazy numbers last night. Like he definitely – and he was like super efficient, like 16 – he hit, he made 16 of 19 field goals, something crazy like that. Like he performs so well within the flow of the offense that – it's easy to lose track of how many points he has. Right. You but know, you know he you know, he'll catch a few lobs and then hit a few threes. And then you just you know like, oh, okay, you know, John, he's balling. But then you look down and he has like 24 points. He's like, whoa, when did this happen? And that's what I was saying. Like, you be you be like, dang, John scoring. <laughs> like he <laughs> like he'll randomly catch a lob. I see it, man. They've been I don't know when when do they practice these lobs? Cause Trey <laughs> Trey will throw. He just throws them. He man. just throw them. I saw one the other night where they were like, he was like in the middle of like LeBron and AD, and just, and Trey was driving, just threw it up, and like boom, <laughs> John. I'm like, damn, what he caught? I'm Trey gonna lay it up. Oh no! Whoa! Oh dang! Like, and I, I, I bet that's had that has to be a hell of a weapon for a small guard like Trey. You understand? Like that has to be. You you have like a, um, you know you can lay it up. Also, you know you got a lob threat, so it makes your layup that 
even much more dangerous or your live threat even more dangerous. So it's like it's crazy. Yeah. I wonder when they when do they have to practice that, man. I don't know. They probably would the thing is like you're right, they have to practice it because you know what? Honestly, Trey this is what Trey has looked like the last two games. He's looked like Matt Ryan of the Atlanta Falcons throwing into double coverage because he knows that Julio is the best receiver there. So he'll throw in a tight window and it's somewhere that only Julio can catch it, even though it's like two guys around him. That's how Trey's throwing the basketball to Clint Capella and John Collins when he's throwing some of these lobs. Like there's other defenders behind Clint and in front of Clint. And like Trey would just whip the ball like in between Clint and the rim and boom. You got a lob. It's like, how the hell did he even see that? And why did he even try that? Dang. Like, that's crazy. Now, one thing I do like that's developing is that high-low action between um, John Collins and Clint Capella. I think that's going to be a major source of offense for us. And I think think that um, we're going to have to, like, just – Really, to really see how that goes, it really kind of reminds me of uh, Josh Smith and Al Horford back in the day. You know, Josh used to uh, Josh used to throw that lob, and boom, like Al Al will be there or something. It, it'd just be crazy. So, like, um, I really think I really like. like I've seen a couple high low passes, like dump off. You know, John to drive to the rim, dump it off the Clint. Clint and do the same thing for John. I just like I like that action developing between the big man and showing that you know they're creating their own space almost. Yeah, and it's like I love it too, man. Like it's a wrinkle in our offense that I think most teams just aren't ready for. Like a big throwing another big a lob. Like no one's no one's ready for that. So yeah, man, that's. So, like you said, man, there's definitely some positives to take away from, you know, these last couple games that we lost. Um, wish we would have won both of them, but I especially wish we would have won last night. Um, but yet and still, um, I think we have it in us to pull a huge upset tonight, you know, um, against the Utah Jazz. We definitely have- what do you think, man? What, what, what do you think is going to happen? I think we get the dub, man. We got to get the dub. We need the dub, man. Uh, I think we get the dub. I'm looking forward to getting that dub. We will get the dub. I'm not even freaking <laughs> like, I'm not even going to think twice about it because I know they know we need a win. Like, Utah know they like Utah's been hot. Okay. And they know we're like, but we're going to get this dub. <laughs> so, what? Okay. Quick question. What do you think? How do you, did you think at the beginning of the year Solomon Hill would be playing as much as he does? Hello? Can you, yo, can you hear me? I can hear you. Now. Oh, yeah. I said, do you think at the beginning of the year that Solomon Hill would be playing uh, as much as he does now? I didn't think Solomon Hill would be playing at all. <laughs> <laughs> like I did not. I thought he was here for moral support, bro. Like I did not think he would actually get NBA minutes. Like what? No, hell no. I I thought Solomon Hill was just here for that that the, the vibes, <laughs> all vibes. Like 
championship vibes. Like he didn't win the championship, but he was in the finals. Yeah, like, we need those, those finals vibes. I thought that's why he was here for vibes only. No hooping, just vibes. And that's it. <laughs> Yo, that is true. That's probably the, that is, that's so true, man. Cause like Solomon Hill, I just remember him coming out of nowhere in the finals, man. Like right. he, just, you know, he just came out and throwed up full beard, like everything. And he hit like full, like two or three threes. It's like, dang, like, where you come from, man? Like, right. we, no, it's like he, we, like, you know, Solomon Hill been around, but it's like, dang, he just came from, like, like, he, he, he doesn't play as that, like, before he wasn't playing, but it's like, I didn't think at all that Solomon Hill would be playing as much as he is now, but how do you think he's been? I think he's been good, honestly, like, he's been a, I think he's, I think he's definitely been good, um, one thing about it, he's going to shoot, yeah. but um, he makes a fair amount of his shots, and he never he never makes dumb decisions, right? Like, when he gets the ball, he's going to make the right pass. He's only going to shoot when he's open, you know, so he's not forcing offense. He's not committing turnovers. He, he, he gives effort on defense. I can't say he's a good defender, but I can't say he's a bad defender either, but he, he definitely puts he, – he's a body. He, he'll put a body in front of a person. Um, so – yeah, it's 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 kind of similar to um how Vince Carter was, you know, last year or maybe the year before last. Vince Vince wasn't really that good last year. Um, sorry, Vince Carter, but the year before last, when Vince Carter just kind of came in and hit some shots, played, tried to play some defense, and then went and set back down. You know, I, I feel like you know that's kind of that veteran role that Solomon Hill is playing, and you know he's you know big up. We need him, so you know sometimes Cam is messing up and can't make a shot. You, 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 then coach puts in Solomon Hill and automatically Solomon comes in and makes a shot and then the offense starts flowing again. So I appreciate him. Definitely. And he's been a, that, a needed veteran presence for us. But as well as just we, you know, overall, I think we've been a solid team. And we got, you know, Travis Slink definitely put together a very solid roster. And um, we just are going to have to, like, we just have to play better and be more consistent. I think, you know, overall, we are, you know, we're just a growing, we're just a young team growing and becoming like that next level of, you know, we're moving up in the echelon of good to great team and all that. So we're going through some of them growing pains. You know, in a couple years, I can see us not even losing a game like this you know, against, you know, whoever. <laughs> but, hey, that's – hey, I, I think we get the W. I'm confident we're going to get the W. So, that's all. Uh, I got a song for it. This is the energy right. that we're going to bring tonight. Is it okay if I play a song to lead us out of this podcast episode? Yeah, man, go ahead. All right. Let me see. Hopefully my speaker comes on. DJ Goat Talk. Okay. Come on. <laughs> you know, we gotta we gotta just come out with some of that old that old pastor choice. Man, can you hear that? Yeah. I, I hear I hear your pastor choice. Ain't no more playing GA, man. 
We got the All-Star game coming. You know what I'm saying? We we about to beat the Jazz. Like, yo. Now, do you think it would be a crime? Would, would you think it would be a crime against humanity if, like, we have the All-Star game here in Atlanta, but yet an Atlanta person is, like, selected to the All-Star team? Somehow, some. Trey Young better make it. That's all I got to say. <laughs> That's all I <laughs> That's all I got to say. We 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 ain't gonna let y'all get no hot wings, don't no lemon pepper wings at Magic City if Trey Young don't. Yeah, hey, it'd be like, weekend. why are you having in Atlanta then? Y'all better have Trey Young just <laughs> on the ballot, you know, because I, I he's not gonna be a starter this year like he was last year. But it's like, I, hey, y'all better have him just uh written in on the ballot already. Like, come on, <laughs> the coaches, like, come on now. Especially we ain't like that. That's why I'm like, yo, go ahead and stay in that five six seed. Cause I don't need, you know, I see Zach Levine and all them getting a lot of love. That's cool, but <laughs> make sure Trey in there at least. So yeah, <laughs> right. So yeah, it's Trey's gonna be there. Uh, he's not gonna be a starter, um, cause you know Kyrie and Kyrie and James Harden getting votes, obviously. But you know, yeah, and, that, and that, they deserve him. But yeah, Trey Young's gonna be there, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's we we gonna bring, but we gonna bring that energy tonight, bro. Like I I, I feel it. Hopefully we get the W. Um, there would be a huge win, uh, especially on the back to back. So yeah, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Um, I'm. That's all I got, man. Um, we've been playing decent. I'm. I'm highly satisfied with this season. Um, I definitely wish for you know every basketball fans wish they can wish win every game, whatever. But hey, that's how win some, you lose some. You know, it's cool. So, um, at the end of the day, I feel like we're going to win these next two. To go two and two for the week, my prediction, our prediction, whatever. So, that's right. We're going to do what we got to do. Gonna do we're going to do what we got to do to finish out this week strong. And, hey, I'm here with it. But that's all I got, man. You got anything else? Any final thoughts? Nah, man. That's all I got. I'm good. Hey, go Hawks. Uh, Solomon Hill got the the throw, and we you know the throw, but Solomon Hill been playing. <laughs> Solomon Hill been playing great. Cam be better. John great. Trey keep being Trey, and go Hawks. That's all I got. Bet. All right. Go. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to another great episode of the Go Talk Podcast. Again, me and Eric recorded this prior to um, finding out that Trey Young would not be um, not be playing. Like Eric literally texted me right after the game and was well not it was like right before the game, right after we got done recording, was like Trey Young's not playing, and I was like, "Ew." So <laughs> yeah, I kind of you know. I kind of knew about it, but, um, yeah, continue to follow us. Uh, me and Eric had a lot of fun just talking, just kicking a can around about the Hawks and, um, I appreciate you guys for your support and continue to follow us and be a part of the GOAT family and yeah, be a GOAT. <laughs>